Hi there, I'm Adam Burton, and I'm the pastor at Central Baptist Church in Maysville, Kentucky. Thank you for tuning in to my online Bible study. It's from the Gospel Project. We are live every Thursday night to study God's Word. This week's Bible study is titled, The Vision of Future Justice. We will see that God remembers sin and one day will judge the world and deliver His people. To let you know where we are going in our study, here are our three points. One, the Lord will confront the boasts of an arrogant heart. Two, the Lord remembers Edom's failure to help his people in their time of distress. And three, the Lord will judge the nations and deliver his people on the day of the Lord. We'll get to our Bible study in just a moment. Before we do, one of the great things about our online Bible study is that we can engage in conversation. So as you watch, let me know what comments or questions you have. Let us know what sticks out to you in this study. Lastly, we would love to connect with you on all of the socials. We are active on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for CBC Maysville. Stay tuned to the end for an important message about how you can go deeper into God's Word. Okay, let's get to our online Bible study. In 2006, a song no one expected hit the airwaves, a, song, a new song from Johnny Cash, who had died three years earlier. But this was not a Ring of Fire or Folsom Prison Blues, a cover of a traditional folk song. This recording was like nothing heard before by an entire generation, familiar mostly with the faux angst and sugary vociousness of modern pop music. It was something else entirely, something weightier. A word to sinners, a lament, and a warning. Cash, in the role of a world-worn prophet, crooned, You can run for a long time, run on for a long time, run on for a long time. Sooner or later, God will cut you down. It's almost impossible not to get chills listening to this song as Cash issues this dire warning. Cash's weary words are an echo of an older warning found throughout Scripture especially from the prophets in the Old Testament. They warn that we can try to run from God, deny that He exists, indulge in all the pleasures and comforts of the world, rejoice in the downfall of enemies, and boast that we will never fall. But in the end, no matter our vice and regardless of our swagger, sooner or later, God will cut you down. This is the message we find in the book of Obadiah, a warning that God remembers a sin and that the day is coming when He will judge the world. In this session, we will see that even as God judges sin, He makes a way for the deliverance of His people through the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ, whereby He no longer holds our sin against us. Because we have received God's grace and mercy by faith in Jesus, we are to have compassion and concern for the oppressed and distressed in our culture as we share the gospel with them and even those who take advantage of them. Our first point is the Lord will confront the boast of an arrogant heart. The Lord will confront the boast of an arrogant heart. Read with me Obadiah chapters 1 through, or, I'm sorry, Obadiah 1 through 4. The vision of Obadiah. Thus says the Lord God concerning Edom, We have heard a report from the Lord, and a messenger has sent among the nations. Rise up, let us rise against her for battle. Behold, I will make you small among the nations. You shall be utterly despised. 
The pride of your heart has deceived you. You will live in the clefts of the rock, in your lofty dwelling, who say in your heart, who will bring me down to the ground? Though you soar aloft like the eagle, though your nest is set among the stars, from there I will bring you down, declares the Lord. Obadiah delivered his message during a dark time in Israel's history, most likely after the Babylonian exile. Jerusalem was in ruins and only a handful of people remained. But the Edomites felt no remorse over the fall of Judah. The Edomites, the descendants of Esau, Jacob's older brother, rejoiced in their downfall. Theirs was the perverse delight in Judah and Israel was getting what they deserved. Both of the divided kingdoms were lost at that point. The northern kingdom of Israel's people had long ago been sent into captivity by the Assyrians in 722 BC. The southern kingdom of Judah had been sacked by Babylon and their best and brightest had been carried away in chains to Babylon. Only those considered too poor to be of any real value to the Babylonians remained. Edom had long had trouble, a troubled relationship with Israel and Judah, going all the way back to the days of their ancestors, Esau and Jacob respectively. The two brothers had battled one another from the womb. As the elder brother, the family birthright belonged to Esau. The greater share of the inheritance, the position of honor within the family, and the blessing of his father. But he didn't value these things until his scheming younger brother claimed them, fueling a murderous anger in Esau. Though Esau seems to have reconciled with his brother, his prior bitterness toward Jacob was passed down through the generation, such as when Edom refused to allow the people of Israel safe passage through their land on their journey to the Promised Land. Later, Edom was conquered during David's reign, but they rebelled against numerous kings of Judah, as Isaac had said would happen when he gave Esau the only blessing he had to give. God directly confronted the attitude at the heart of Edom's response to Judah's situation, Edom's arrogance. Edom believed they were untouchable like a soaring eagle, but their arrogance deceived them. Rather than letting Edom's arrogance stand, God was personally active in cutting them down to size, causing nations to rise up and war against Edom. God was going to bring them down and nothing could stop it. Listen to this quote, a man in every sin aims to set up his own will as a rule, as his rule and his own glory as the end of his actions against the will and glory of God. And could a sinner attain this end? God would be destroyed. The Edomites considered themselves naturally protected from invasion because of the physical geography of their homeland, elevated strongholds in the mountains. But God would bring them down. God's prompting all the nations that had made treaties with Edom would turn around and pillage them. The wise and strong ones of Edom would fall, being unable to stand before the all-wise and all-powerful God who defends His people and judges His enemies. There is, arguably, no vice hated more by God than arrogance. He hates and detests pride and arrogance. God hates arrogance the way he hates idolatry because arrogance is idolatry, self-worship over the worship of the one true God. Our second point is the Lord will remember Edom's failure to help his people in their time of distress. The Lord will remember Edom's failure to help his people in their time of distress. Read with me Obadiah 10 through 14. Because of the violence done to your brother Jacob, 
Shame shall cover you, and you shall be cut off forever. On the day that you stood aloof, on the day that strangers carried off his wealth and foreigners entered his gates and cast lots for Jerusalem, you were like one of them. But do not gloat over the day of your brother in the day of his misfortune. Do not rejoice over the people of Judah in the day of their ruin. Do not boast in the day of distress. Do not enter the gate of my people in the day of their calamity. Do not gloat over his disaster in the day of his calamity. Do not loot his wealth in the day of his calamity. Do not stand at the crossroads to cut off his fugitives. Do not hand over his survivors in the day of distress. God's judgment was promised and on day one day came to Edom, just as it had come to Judah. This prompts us to consider how we should respond to displays of God's judgment. We can respond arrogantly, as the Edomites did, or we can respond humbly. Obviously, we should opt for humility, and these three truths encourage us in this direction. One, God was right to judge Judah as he did. Two, God was also right to judge Edom as he did. And three, God is still right in his judgment of people who persist in their sin today. When Judah fell, the Edomites rejoiced. They gloated and even mocked. Their response was born from arrogance, and that arrogance led to their destruction. Delighting in the downfall of another, mocking, gloating, all of these merely compound sin. Such arrogance does not glorify God, and God wants us to have nothing to do with such things. Instead of responding from arrogance, God's judgment of anyone should humble us. Whether we experience it directly or we witness it, judgment is humbling. The three truths can ground this in the proper response to God's judgment. One, God was right to judge as he did. God warned Judah and Israel time and again of the consequences of their evil, but they would not listen. Two, God was also right to judge Edom as he did. Edom, too, was blind to their own sin. Their hearts were just as dead as Judah's. Their arrogance led to their destruction. And three, God is still right to judge in his judgment of people who persist in their sin today. All of humanity, apart from Christ, is condemned to sin. All people have denied their Creator apart from the transforming work of Christ. We are just as dead in our sin as Judah and Edom. Think about this. Why are we prone to gloat over the downfall of our enemies? Well, we are prideful. We think they deserve punishment, maybe. We, we fail to, to see ourselves as deserving of punishment. We don't have the heart of God who does not delight in the death of the wicked, but delights in the repentance and faith. See, our response to God's judgment doesn't stop with our attitude. Our attitude influences, if not outright determines, our actions. So we must carefully consider the ways in which we can respond to judgment. Edom took advantage of the survivors of Judah's judgment, and for their lack of compassion, Edom is no more. Christians should learn from this lesson and act for the good of all humanity and for the glory of God. Edom showed no compassion to Judah. They ignored the distress of the people who remained and stole the refugees' possessions. They even took survivors as slaves. Today, many delight in the downfall of others who have sinned. Many callously turn a blind eye to the plight of others who suffer from the effects of sin, whether directly or indirectly. God does not ignore these sins any more than he ignored the sins of Edom. Cruelty, the fruit of arrogance, will be judged by God unless people turn from such sins to Christ in repentance and faith. 
Listen to this essential doctrine, social concern. All Christians are under obligation to seek to make the will of Christ supreme in our own lives and in human society. Means and methods used for the improvement of society and the establishment of righteousness among men can be truly and permanently helpful only when they are rooted in the regeneration of the individual by the saving grace of God and Jesus Christ. In the spirit of Christ, Christians should oppose racism, every form of greed, selfishness, vice, and all forms of sexual immorality, including adultery, homosexuality, and pornography. We should work to provide for the orphaned, the needy, the abused, the aged, the helpless, and the sick. We should speak on behalf of the unborn and contend for the sanctity of all human life from conception to natural death. Every Christian should seek to bring industry, government, and society as a whole under the sway of the principles of righteousness, truth, and brotherly love. In order to promote these ends, Christians should be ready to work with all men of goodwill in any good cause, while always being careful to act in a spirit of love without compromising their loyalty to Christ and His truth. Our last point is the Lord will judge the nations and deliver His people on the day of the Lord. The Lord will judge the nations and deliver His people on the day of the Lord. Read with me Obadiah 15-18. through 18. For the day of the Lord is near upon all the nations. As you have done, it shall be done to you. Your deeds shall return on your own head. For as you have drunk of my holy mountain, so all the nations shall drink continually. They shall drink and swallow and shall be as though they had never been. But in Mount Zion there shall be those who escape, and it shall be holy, and the house of Jacob shall possess their own possessions. The house of Jacob shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame, and the house of Esau a stubble. They shall burn them and consume them, and there shall be no survivor for the house of Esau, for the Lord has spoken. The book of Obadiah is a warning of coming judgment, but also a message of compassion. One reason is the judgment on Edom and the nations would demonstrate God's compassion for His people revealing once again that God is gracious and just. The second reason is God's warning was also a message of compassion for the Edomites and the nations, an opportunity to turn away from their sin before it was too late. Compassion for His people. The survivors of, of Judah were cruelly mistreated by the Edomites, but God had not abandoned His people despite their idolatry and sin. Nor would God ignore the sins of those He used to chasten them. He will uphold His righteousness, as He will be faithful to His covenant. That promise was with them throughout their exile in Babylon, their return to Jerusalem, and the centuries of rule by other nations. By God's compassion, they survived their own judgment and oppression, and the hope of restoration sustained them. Compassion for the Edomites and the nations. God made it crystal clear. Edom and all the nations were condemned in their sin and would experience the wrath of God. That hardly sounds like a compassionate message, until we consider the question of why it was shared. Was it just to make them live in terror? Only if God were petty and cruel? No, He had a greater purpose in mind. God warned Edom and the nations, and still warns all of us today, of the consequences of sin because He didn't want them to be condemned by their sins. He was giving them an opportunity to turn away from their sin before it was too late and a remnant of Edom and the nations will indeed have taken that opportunity to be counted among the people of God and to bear His name. Listen to this essential doctrine, 
God is just. God establishes standards for His moral creatures that are in accordance with His righteousness, and His moral creatures will be judged according to those righteous standards. It would be an injustice if God were not to uphold His righteousness, for such a failure would require God to violate His own righteous character. Since humanity has sinned by failing to live up to God's righteous standards, God has taken it upon Himself to make provision by being both just and the justifier of those who place their faith in Christ. Read with me Obadiah 19-21. through Those of the Negev shall possess Mount Esau, and those of the Shippelah shall possess the land of the Philistines. They shall possess the land of Ephraim and the land of Samaria, and Benjamin shall possess Gilead. The exiles of this host of the people of Israel shall possess the land of the Canaanites as far as the Zarephath, and the exiles of Jerusalem who are in Shepherd shall possess the cities of the Negev. Saviors shall go up to Mount Zion and rule Mount Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. These last verses are, are steeped in the hope that we have in the gospel because they find their ultimate fulfillment in Christ. Jesus is the great ruler and deliverer of his people, past, present, and future. Jesus is the Lord to whom the kingdom belongs, and Jesus will bring about the final restoration of his people, even beyond the promised land. All of creation will be made new, and we will dwell in the kingdom with Jesus forever. You know, sometimes it's hard for us to find hope in the prophets, but Obadiah offers so much good news not just in the certainty of God's judgment of evil, but in the promise that God has made a way of deliverance. In Christ, we need not fear that God will cut us down, and we need not fear that God is indifferent to the sins of the arrogant oppressors. Because Jesus has been raised from the dead and has authority, we can know for certain that God will not leave any wrongdoing unpunished. The proud will fall and the humble will be restored. But for now, we wait. We pray. We rejoice in having received His mercy, and as we do, we show His compassion and concern to all who are burdened and oppressed by their sins and the sins of others until the day He returns. Because we have received God's grace and mercy, we are to have compassion and concern for the oppressed and and the distressed in our culture. Here are some ways for you to apply God's Word to your life. How is God challenging you to obey in faith today through Obadiah's message? What can your church do to show compassion to people who have been victimized or mistreated in your community? With whom will you share the gospel this week? Because the reality of God's judgment against arrogant sinners. Listen to this quote. It was the view that, of that strange compassion of the Savior moving him to die for his enemies, to bear double for all our sins, to taste death for every man. It was this view which gave him the impulse in every labor, which made all suffering light to him, and every commandment not grievous. Pray with me. Our God and Father, you are righteous and promised to judge the nations in righteousness. Thank you for sparing us from the coming judgment we deserve by sending your Son, Jesus, who endured the judgment for sin on our behalf. By the Holy Spirit, grant us a compassionate heart toward our neighbors so that we might announce to them the mercy found in the gospel. Amen. Thank you for watching this week's Bible study. Remember that God remembers sin and one day will judge the world and deliver His people. The prophet Obadiah was given a vision of the day of the Lord, 
On that day, Edom and the nations would be judged for their sins and Israel would be delivered and live securely in the land. Through the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, all those who trust in Christ are spared from judgment and can live securely knowing they have been delivered from sin and death. Connect with me if you would like to know how Jesus can change your life forever. Would you like to go even deeper into this week's Bible study? Join our online Bible study Facebook group to get a short study each day. You can find us at facebook.com slash groups slash OBS Central. That's facebook.com slash groups slash OBS Central. Well, if you enjoyed tonight's Bible study, would you share it with your friends? Lord willing, I will see you next Thursday for our online Bible study. God bless.